This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time, the 18th of September. What are the things that would really grab your attention? For me, it's when a warning light appears on the dashboard of my car, or when I see a minus sign on my bank account, or if I were to get a sharp stabbing pain in my chest. All of these would be a signal, a warning for me, to take some action. There are two things this weekend that are calling us to wake up from spiritual slumber and pay attention. One is the gospel of the crafty steward. The other is this Home Mission Sunday, whereby the church asks us each year on this particular day to reflect on how we communicate our Catholic faith with those who do not have the privilege that we have, or those who have grown distant from the life of the church. Nowadays, the Christian map of these islands looks very different to what it was when the faith was first introduced 15 centuries ago, different to what it was 500 years ago, when virtually everyone in this town would have been a mass-going Catholic, and even different to what it was like when I was growing up. Sometimes we feel, and I speak as a priest, that we're a lone voice, like John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of a world and society that is straying far from God. We can all fail to see beyond our own small circle and miss the bigger picture. And with so much talk about decline in religious practice and with the fear of Christians being persecuted and pushed to the margins, it might come as a pleasant surprise to know that the Catholic Church is now the largest institution on the planet and is in fact enjoying global growth on an unprecedented scale. In 1950, for instance, the world's Catholic population was 437 million, which grew to 650 million by 1970, and to around 1.2 billion today. Put another way, Catholic numbers have doubled since 1970, and that's occurred during all the controversies of recent decades and not least against the rising tide of secularism. Nor does the rate of growth show any signs of diminishing. By 2050, a conservative estimate suggests that there should be around 1.6 billion Catholics. So any scaremongering that the church is irrelevant and that it's in decline or stagnating is so wildly inaccurate as to be visible. Strangely though, this is not the first time that at least some observers have felt that prospects for the church were dismal. Back in 1890, Mark Twain sagely observed that in this world we have seen the Roman Catholic power dying for many centuries. Many a time we've gotten all ready for the funeral and found it postponed again on account of the weather or something. Apparently one of the most uncertain things in the world is the funeral of a religion. So God requires us to be optimists with regard to the increase of our faith, but never complacent. Great things are brought about for God and the church, often through small beginnings. Just recall for a moment how Christianity began in Europe because of the zeal of one woman, Lydia, mentioned in the Acts of the Apostles. She initiated the conversion of the whole continent, really, from the confines of her home. St. Augustine and his monks did the same when they arrived from Rome here in 597. They didn't have any 
cleverly worked out plan or pastoral programme. They didn't run courses, nor did they have their own website or podcasts. What they brought was Jesus in the Blessed Eucharist. And everything focused on that, bringing Jesus in the Mass everywhere they went. The great churches and the cathedrals that followed were all constructed to focus the soul as well as the eye on the presence of our Lord in the Eucharist. The centrality of the high altar and later of the tabernacle emphasised this. The dead were buried around the walls of the church so that they would be physically close to the action of the Mass and where the Eucharistic sacrifice was offered for their salvation. Christ in the Eucharist was always the main attraction, this one souls for God. And this has always been the main attraction and the way Catholics lived the faith. Convert after convert down the centuries have said the same. It was through the Mass, the Blessed Sacrament, and the beauty of the liturgy that they were drawn into the fullness of the truth in the Catholic faith. Last week I mentioned the important place that our Catholic schools play in the story of our faith, because they play a vital role still as the primary apostolate of the parish. One of the aims recent governments has had was to try to instill so-called British values into our students' education. Often this is nothing more than ensuring that they understand values that will make them good, integrated citizens and turn them away from ideals that would lead them into extremism. In our Catholic schools, we try to go one stage further and add to British values with another set of values, namely the gospel values, or what I would prefer to call gospel truths. Because the gospel is not a litany of platitudes, It's counter, cultural and radical. And in some senses, we are radicalising our young people. We're calling them to lives of faithfulness and integrity, truth and justice, mercy and forgiveness. In other words, the exact opposite of what is normally understood nowadays by radicalisation. And that is what our faith does. That is the goal of evangelisation. And that is the goal of Christ's church. The conversion of England was not brought about by inertia. The church would never have got beyond Pentecost if the apostles had remained in the upper room, indifferent, lukewarm and debating. This coming 24th of September is the feast of Our Lady of Walsingham, a feast particular to England. For over a thousand years, English Catholics have venerated our Blessed Mother at Walsingham, as Queen of England. She is our Sovereign, and we are part of her dowry. So it is to her that we constantly turn and pray that this land may recover the faith given by Christ and brought by missionaries from Rome, the faith of Peter and the Apostles, the faith of our fathers. Let us pray. O God, who founded all the commands of your sacred law upon love of you and of our neighbour, grant that by keeping your precepts we may merit to attain eternal life. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen.